Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing good, Pam. How about yourself? I'm good. Hey, do you remember way back when, when we started the Survivorship Center and I came to you and I think I had just went to an ONS meeting and I said, Ron, we really need to get our patients up and walking, up active. Um, it's so important. Yes, I do. You know, I think, in fact, th- thinking about that, uh, you know, they used to use, and they may still do through ONS, the Oncology Nursing Society, uh, that slogan of get them up and get them moving. Yes. So important for them to continue even whatever level they're at, but doing some kind of activity while they're going through treatment and even after treatment. So, you know, um, we have lots of programs, like we've said before, um, that are geared towards the survivors. And um, we didn't just pull them out of thin air for no no reason. (laughs) No, we didn't. And in fact, what's cool about today's podcast uh, is... um, this is someone who, you know, w- when we were looking for, for this, this episode and talking about this episode, we actually have several DVDs and a few books that this person wrote and did. And so um, after you listen to this, maybe, or while you're listening, you may say, I know her, I've, I've checked out the DVD or I've looked at that book. And if not, they're in our resource library. So without further ado, Pam, let's jump into meeting our guest. Uh, we're, we're super excited today to have uh, Carol Michaels. Uh, she's an award-winning leader in the fitness industry, uh, a health and wellness expert with more than 25 years of experience who inspires the best in others. She's known for her unique and creative and fun exercise programs, as evidenced by our videos we have in there. Uh, Carol, she's also the founder and creator of Recovery Fitness, which is an exercise program designed to help cancer patients recover from surgery and treatments. And oh, by the way, she is in charge of the group and started the group that is the uh, cancer recovery specialist of which Susan is. So we're super, super excited now that we've gotten the big introduction out of the way to welcome Carol. How are you, Carol? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great. We are so excited to visit with you and uh, take away some knowledge from you because I know so many of our cancer survivors think all you'd want me to do is work out and I'm not going to run a marathon and I'm not going to do this and hit the heavy bag and all the crazy things that I see some of these folks doing. But we're going to jump into that in a minute and what we're not going to do in, in, in those things. But let's start real basic if we can, Carol, and let's just talk about why should a cancer survivor even exercise at all? If someone has cancer, they should exercise because it will improve quality of life. Um, Through the years, there's been so much research out there 
that points to the fact that exercise improves quality of life and so many of the other side effects that one has after surgery and treatments. It will help decrease anxiety, stress, depression. It will help improve range of motion, numbness, all of the side effects of surgery. Uh, decrease uh, so, so much of the bone pain and joint pain that people get when they're on hormonal therapy, um, improve fatigue levels, and it just goes on and on. And this is all, uh, all research-based evidence at this point uh, that it really helps for so many of the different cancers. So, um, you know, with, with all this evidence out there, it really... Um, it really should be uh, part of standard of care. And, um, and most importantly, a lot of the research suggests that exercise can actually decrease the risk of recurrence. And I just find that in itself so powerful. If anything could actually potentially decrease recurrence, got to oh, do yes. it. Yeah. Pam, some of those things, those um, symptoms that, that Carol mentioned, I know you have to hear when you're visiting with survivors doing their treatment summary and care plan, anxiety, stress, depression, pain, stiffness. Yes, I hear it all. And, you know, I always encourage them to um, get involved and get active. But Carol, how did you get involved in the cancer world? Um, well, I have to say that sadly, I got involved in it just because almost everybody in my family had cancer. So uh, as a second career, I wanted to do something to help the cancer patient. I saw from my own experience uh, working uh, with my immediate family that exercise actually helped them feel better. Um, you know, I saw how it improved the stiffness, range of motion issues, and all of the side effects. So after seeing that, I just and I looked around and saw that there really was not a lot out there. This was a long time ago, over 25 years. Um, at that time, as everyone probably knows, people were probably just told to go home and rest. And that turned out to probably be one of the worst things you could uh, possibly do and only just made every side effect worse, especially fatigue. Um, so then after uh, speaking to uh, several physicians, I developed the recovery fitness exercise program for cancer patients to help them decrease the side effects from cancer surgery and treatment. Ron, do you remember one of our survivors um, that was diagnosed and we kept on encouraging this person to mm -hmm. just show up, show up to class. If you just show up, maybe it'll give you a little boost and yep. how well she did. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's interesting, Pam, as, as as Carol was talking about for for 25 years and being a part and there, there was nothing like that. And it's very similar to kind of how we started with the survivorship program. There's nothing like this in Amarillo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the doctors uh, are focused, of course, on getting them well in treatment. And they tell them, Pam, and I know as being a primary nurse for a number of years, right, your doctor would say, you need to exercise. And then uh, here's your appointment card for next week. And I'll see you uh, before you have chemo or da, 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 here it is, so forth and so forth. But make sure you get your exercise in. 
and uh, see you next time. And how much people don't know how to exercise and what to do is key. The other thing I want to throw out too is our listeners, and before we jump completely into all of this is, um, if you're a regular listener of our podcast, I think you would probably agree with me that nine out of 10, or maybe even close to 10 out of 10 of our podcasts, exercise comes up in there some way, somehow, in some sort of fashion. It's that important. That's where I'm headed with that. And I know, Carol, you would agree. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, what else is out there that could help so many of these side effects? Yeah. So when um, when should someone get involved in exercising? So, you know, every situation is so different. And that's probably one reason why this is not becoming standard of care. This is not such a black and white, um, you know, type of disease. You have so many different cancers, so many stages of the cancer, so many uh, different surgeries and treatments. So each case is so, so different and everyone's so unique. And so many people are coming in with pre-existing conditions. So the first thing, of course, you have to check with your health professional and get clearance. And um, depending on the type of surgery and treatment, you really should start as soon as you get clearance. You can start with some just gentle relaxation breathing, some gentle stretching. And again, as soon as you get clearance, get out of that bed and just start moving and start walking. That would really be step one. Yeah. And that's kind of how we talk about, right, Pam, is, is do what you can as you feel up to it. You know, we, we, we always encourage, you know, you guys that are listening, we always encourage you, you know, your body best and you know where the limit is and you know what you can do. Carol, I'm curious, just so far our listeners too, um, is there much of a difference? And of course, again, we're talking in generalities, right? Because you're right. Everything is so specific. Lung cancer may is going to be, be a total different scenario than someone with prostate or breast or whatever the case may be. But are there any differences that our listeners need to really understand and know about during treatment and after treatment exercises? Right. So I'll actually start off with prehab. So, you know, if uh, you know that you are going to have surgery for cancer, um, it would be wonderful if everyone went into that surgery as strong as possible. So, um, you know, some people um, really um, don't exercise or they're just going in very deconditioned. So if you can, if you know your surgery is coming up next month, if you can get yourself in uh, the strongest physical condition to go into that surgery, that prehab is uh, a good thing to consider if possible, you know, the sure. timing. Uh, it depends. Um, if you are under treatment, I would say that, um, again, you know, if uh, the blood count is good and you get uh, you know, permission uh, from your health professional, you should exercise even during treatment. Um, it's been shown to decrease fatigue and um, Fatigue is the most common side effect that cancer survivors have. Of course, you know, when you're exercising under treatment, you just really have to listen to your body. You have to know how to deal with 
uh, exercising under fatigue. Every day is different. You have to know sometimes when you're going to take your treatments. Uh, sometimes you, you know, you'll know maybe the day or two after will be the time when you have more energy and that's the time when you should uh, exercise. So you should exercise during treatment. If you are uh, under hormonal therapy, um, many females in particular have joint pain from the hormonal therapies. And there is research out there that show that exercise can decrease that joint pain. Um, so definitely um, do, do exercise during um you know, during your treatment, of course, um, it's going to be the furthest thing from a cancer survivor's mind, but it will be extremely, extremely helpful. We're talking about gentle exercise. We're not talking about going out to CrossFit, yeah. uh, you know, some of the more, um, you know, meditative, gentle type exercises for starters. Um, and once you're uh, done with treatment, again, after getting uh, clearance, uh, you can participate in uh, higher intensity exercises, but then again, it's going to depend on your particular situation and the side effects that you still have um, from your surgery and treatment. Looking at our calendar, Ron, you know, there's a lot of options. And sometimes um, I think survivors are overwhelmed by the choices that we may have. Right. Carol, is there a starting point, a class that you would suggest to some of our listeners in um, your training? Right. So um, I would say, um, you know, even during treatment, um, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, anything involved uh, walking, it could be a walking group, which is actually uh, something I know the people I've worked with just love, um, especially if you're under treatment, it could be a little scary getting out there and walking. You might feel, what if I go down the block and I really don't have the energy to come back? So, you know, the social component of fitness is very powerful. It can be very motivating to, you know, get people to do what they, what they should do. So uh, walking groups are very effective. And then, uh, you know, starting off with um, yoga classes, but then again, make sure they're the right yoga classes. You don't want to go into uh, Ashtanga, power yoga, you know, nice, gentle uh, yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, any of these uh, slower uh, meditative, uh, more relaxing stretching type systems are a great way to start. Um, but, you know, slowly adding in the strength training, even under treatment, gently and slowly, because the chemotherapies uh, often depend, well, it depends on which chemos, they can change the whole muscle fat ratio, kind of increasing sarcopenia. So you would lose a lot of muscle mass sometimes with some of the treatments. So starting some gentle strength training would be a wise decision. Pam, I, I remember countless times um, a survivor coming in to work with um, one of the many, you know, teachers and coach and, and uh, uh, class leaders that we have, instructors. Mm -hmm. And even when they'd come in like and, and work one-on-one -on -one and it, with the sessions that we provide you with our cancer recovery specialist. And she would say, well, let's walk over here and let's grab this uh, one pound weight or let's walk over here and let's get this two pound weight. 
and many times, of course, it's it's a guy, right? So I walk. They would say, "Oh, two pounds." Oh my, oh, I, I'm used to doing twenty fives. Mm-hmm. And she would say, they would go over there and say, "Well, I think we should start with the two. And they would look at her like she had six eyeballs, and finally grab the two and appease her. And at the end of working with a two pound weight, just completely exhausted. And that speaks to exactly what Carol just said. And I'm not making light. I'm not making fun of, of the survivors going through that. I just want to paint that picture that you do lose muscle mass, unfortunately, thanks to this wonderful stuff that hopefully gets rid of your cancer. Right, right, right. I mean, we do hope that now, you know, with immunotherapies um, being more and more common over the last five uh, years, um, you know, we're still gathering information as to how that actually will affect what exercises will be the most helpful. So that's also new. I think we're very knowledgeable about things we've been dealing with for decades, you know, your radiation, the effects of radiation and chemotherapy, but now we need to uh, learn a little bit more about the right exercise programming for immunotherapy and the newer treatments. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of what we have to Pam and Carol with having um, a cancer recovery specialist to be able to work one on one with survivors is to be that guide to say, no, 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 that we don't want to do that. We want to do this. And here's where we start. And here's the starting point. And eventually we'll get there, but we've got to start here. And it's really kind of back to those baby steps, right? Right. And you know, it's great to have uh, someone that you have there to work one-on-one with a person because, as I mentioned, each situation is so different. Everyone is so unique. So it's wonderful to really get a good assessment, check out posture assessment, um, you know, discuss lymphedema risks, discuss you know all the different issues that go with the cancer diagnosis so that that person can then be directed to the right class, the right level for them. So that's a wonderful thing to have uh, one-on-one assessments like that. So for our listeners that maybe are not in our area, what do they need to look for whenever they're trying to find someone to work out with them? An instructor. Um, What kind of certifications maybe? (laughs) <laughs> it's a million dollar question, Pam. Oh, I stumped her. I I have I have an answer. I'm gonna answer for Carol. Thank you. <laughs> it's twofold. It's twofold. Um one, they can go to our website and they can uh watch one of the hundreds. I think last count was almost up to 200 plus videos that are on our YouTube channel by our own instructors. So that's one. Two, I also know Carol has videos and Carol ha- has, a- there's access to Carol and we'll, we can talk about that in a little bit of how they can find Carol and how they can they can do videos or books um, from there. So I'm going to say those are probably the two best options, Pam. Carol, would you agree? I will definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, just, you know, really the best thing is working, you know, with someone who is, you know, not only this is a certification important, but really staying up with, with the latest research, staying current because things are just changing all the time. 
So you just want, you know, I just say the, the experience is very important and someone who is reading everything out there about uh, that, that topic, you know, and, and just someone you can relate to. You want your uh, sessions to be enjoyable and have a nice rapport with the person you're working with. I mean, I think I would be a little intimidated if I was to go work out with someone that is buffed and wants to lift lots of weights and um, yeah. that too much. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Right, right. You don't necessarily want your muscle head uh, type uh, type person. And, um, you know, the, the person needs to, you know, there's just so much uh, that you really do need to be aware of. For example, even though uh, when people have their uh, surgeries, they're doing, of course, essential node, not taking out as many lymph nodes as they used to, uh, although, you know, sometimes you still have to, of course. Um, and some people, of course, have had lymph nodes removed from years ago. So the whole lymphedema situation is uh, one of the things you really have to be careful for in an exercise program. Um, and that goes to your point, when you start doing your strength training, you get back to it gradually. Even though you might've lifted 10, 20 pounds before, you start with your slow, you start slowly, progress slowly, starting with uh, very light weights and you don't jump up from two pounds to 10 pounds. You don't want to shock the system, you know, for people who've had uh, many lymph nodes removed. Um, so lymphedema risk is something to be aware of and um, plan an exercise routine accordingly. And I would encourage our listeners, um, if you haven't, go back and find our episode we did with Shelly Black talking about lymphedema. She's a lymphedema specialist here in, in Amarillo. And um, yeah, listen to that episode because Carol's right. Obviously, lymphedema is, is a big, big thing and it's very important and it can be extremely painful and very challenging. So we want to take all the precautions we can. Um, what I'd like to go back, Pam, is what is to hit on these these four classes that Carol mentioned um, that are really wonderful for survivors while they're going through treatment. Um, are you ready, Pam? Yes. Okay. Walking group. We, yes, we have that. We we have one of those. Uh, yoga. We have one of those. We have one of those. We have those. a couple. Yes. Yes. Tai Chi. We have one of those. We got one of those who coincidentally it's led by a cancer survivor and mm -hmm. Qigong, which is if you if you are unfamiliar with Qigong, it's a seated form of Tai Chi. And we have one of those. Mm -hmm. We've got those covered, Pam. We do. We even have something that is slow and steady, which is regaining your balance. That's yes. an easy class for those that maybe are just through with treatment decondition. That's a pretty easy class to start with. And we also have water exercise. We do. We do. I am so impressed. <laughs> and really, you know, because I've, I've worked in a lot of major hospitals um, and um, have observed a lot of programs. And uh, uh, yours is extremely impressive. It's, it's wonderful. And uh, 
people in your area are very fortunate to uh, to to have it. And especially having the balance uh, class is fabulous because as you know, neuropathy is a common side effect from treatment and people come out of treatment having no ability to feel their feet or their hands, they have peripheral neuropathy and their balance is affected. So what else is more important than learning how to at least strengthen the muscles that you can feel so you can have good balance. That's, that's wonderful. That's great that you have that. Well, thank you. And I, we, we have, it, it has been a learning experience over the last five plus six or so years of the, the things that are necessary and the balance class tends to be and 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 water tends to be there be very busy classes. Um, there's a lot in there, and so um, I think there rec- some of our survivors are recognizing that as well that it's important to really focus on balance. And then, of course, the nice thing about water is right because it's non weight bearing. It's so much easier to to do a little bit and do a little bit more. And we've we've you know know that it's so good for neuropathy. Um, I just remember Pam, one of the very first survivors that we worked with who um, really complained about neuropathy, said really for the first time when she's in the water, that was like the first time she could actually feel her feet. Mm, and I remember so that. It's, 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 you know, it's so, you know, refreshing to know that what we're doing and offering you guys that are listening is really important to have. And there's, there's a lot of science and data behind it. You know, water classes also, you know, for people who do have lymphedema, you have a compression of the water, which makes it very, very safe for those with lymphedema. So you have it all. <laughs> well, thank you. We, we we like to try to vary things up and have, have a good time in those classes as well. Are there some other classes, Carol, that maybe come to your mind that you think about, um, you know, while people, when they're finished with treatment, something that's a little more maybe aggressive, maybe, or a little more taking it a step further? Yeah, well, you know, I think, um, you know, Pilates has its place. Um, I uh, usually um, incorporate a few of the Pilates exercises uh, into my routines. Uh, You have to be careful with it, though, because most cancer survivors, sadly, come out of this with low bone density, with osteoporosis. Yes. And a lot of the moves, a lot of the exercises and Pilates would be contraindicated because you have a lot of forward bending and a lot of twisting. So you need to know how to modify the Pilates exercises. The reason I like them is because there's a lot of uh, breathing, uh, which is great for relaxation, where we're pressing the abdominal area towards the spine, navel to the spine, um, and that's a lymph center. So that helps uh, move the lymph flow, the lymph fluid around. So I think that's a great benefit of uh, of Pilates, and um, and strength training programs. Really, I would say um, you know are really up there because your goal is to get the person back to their life that they had prior to their diagnosis. And through proper strength training, you can have them 
do what they want to do. It's uh, all about functional fitness so they can use their body the way they would like to use it in everyday life, go back to their activities and sports, go back to their job and have the ability to do that, train them to get back to life and yeah. to have a good quality of life. I think Carol Carol uh, may have, have listened to um, us talk before Pam about our ultimate goal. And we always say it's a very lofty goal, but it is achievable is to return survivors back to their pre-cancer state once they're done with their treatment. And so, uh, gosh, you hit it right on the head. And that's really kind of what we hope to have available to you guys that are listening is activities and programs, um, that, that are cleverly designed to get you ready to, to really be able to do things, whether it's, you used to ride, you know, bicycles, we, we do that. You know, if you used to run, jog, hike, you know, we, we get you ready for that. Yeah. So Carol, is there any other precautions? I mean, you mentioned osteoporosis. Is there any other precautions that patients need to be aware of before they start exercising? Uh, yeah, I mean, it really uh, depends, first of all, on, on their surgery, the type of surgery they had. So for example, um, we'll focus in on breast cancer since sadly it's you know, so many um, people have breast cancer, male and female. And for example, you have to understand the type of reconstruction that the person has if they do decide to have it. It's actually a big trend about not having reconstruction. But for example, if someone decides to have implant reconstruction, they should not do 50 military push-ups. So they need to know, you know, what might not be safe. Um, so first of all, you have to know the type of reconstruction, the um, uh, the type of treatment they're on, some of the treatments might cause them to have a very weak immune system so that they really need to make sure they're um, not really next to a lot of people or um, exercising in a very clean environment. Um, you need to know if um, there's been any um, cancer in the bones, if there's metastasis to the bones, because that would um, affect the exercise routine. Um, and of course, you know, osteoporosis and lymphedema awareness. So I would say those are the big two. Um, as I mentioned, neuropathy, um, <laughs> and I've seen this, I've seen um, trainers put someone who has peripheral neuropathy on, on a treadmill without handles, which really wouldn't be safe. You know, your risk of falling is, is quite, uh, quite great. So, um, you know, you have to understand, you know, really understand uh, the surgery, the implication of the surgery, the, uh, the side effects, and know the right exercises for the side effects. Absolutely. Carol, one of the things too that we always talk and our, our, our instructors that we work with talk and, and, and preach to our, our survivors is adaptations, that really all of our classes are adaptable um, to meet the needs of, of each individual survivor. Um, you know, whether that's let's let's get you in a chair, you know, or sit sit in a chair rather than on the floor for yoga, if that's better. Or let's, you know, instead of doing this, let's do, you know, let's change it for to meet each individual person. I know you're probably a huge fan of adaptations as well. 
Um, so let's talk to our listeners maybe about some adaptations that they may, um, it's okay to ask for, I can't quite get to the floor or I can't do this. So let's talk about some adaptations that may need to happen. Right, right. So like modifications yes. in a group class. So, you know, for example, um, you know, what we usually do in a group class is we either say uh, this is for level one, level two, uh, or those of you who um, have uh, balance challenges, you'll do the exercise this way. So, you know, one example would be we do a lot of standing leg lifts. It helps to strengthen the leg and also works on balance. So for people who would be a little stronger, level two, you will do the leg lifts, straight leg lifts without holding on to anything. Those of you who feel your balance is not very grip, is not good, you're going to hold on to the bar or the chair while we do the, the leg lifts. Uh, maybe next week, you'll just hold on with two fingers. And hopefully as you get stronger, uh, maybe one finger and your goal, of course, would be to uh, eventually not hold on. So you know, we have modifications for every exercise. A lot of times we just modify by the amount of weight. You know, level one might use one pound or maybe no weight. Um, a stronger person uh, in the class would use a heavier, a heavier weight. So um, you know, whenever we do group classes, we will always uh, you know, break it up. Um, yeah. in, depending on the the uh, situation. Um, for example. Um, Let's take push-ups. Uh, someone who still might be under treatment with a high fatigue level would do a standing push-up. Uh, someone a little stronger could still do a standing push-up, maybe just standing a little bit away from the wall. And then um, if they're able to get right down to the floor, start with a knee push-up and then progress from there. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the two other ones, Pam, that we do is with our walking group, we, we split them into two groups. We kind of have those that maybe want to walk a little faster than the others. So we want to make sure that even, even in a walking group, um, it, it, it's adaptable. I think another favorite words of ours are modification and moderation. So, right. you know, everything that we do, we can modify and, um, Everything that you do eat, you should do in moderation. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> Carol, do you feel like exercise should be um, prescribed like medication? Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah, you no, feel like people, more survivors would be more open-minded about going? I, I think so. I think if it's prescribed, you know, whenever, uh, hopefully if a doctor tells the patient to do something, uh, hopefully they're compliant and, uh, and would do it. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, you know, from my experience, the physicians I've worked with, the oncologists that have told their patients, uh, you should participate in so-and-so exercise program, uh, they, they have. So it definitely, it definitely helps. Uh, the other way people just realize it is, is word of mouth. You know, someone um, has cancer, they'll tell a friend who sadly uh, might be in the same situation and that's how they learn about it. Uh, I think more and more oncologists are realizing how helpful, uh, how helpful it can be. It also saves 
the physician a lot of phone calls. So for example, um, you know, when we're uh, working with someone, instead of them calling the doctor and saying, you know, I'm feeling like a little tightness in an area, is that normal? If they're working with a, um, you know, someone in, in a class or a uh, certified cancer trainer, they really could prevent a lot of extra phone calls to the physician because some of these things that I see all the time and know are just go hand in hand with recovery, you know, someone you know, typically doesn't know. So, um, you know, if, I think if doctors realize how helpful <laughs> um, telling someone to exercise would be, you know, maybe more would, uh, would do it. Although it's changing. We're seeing a lot, um, a lot are uh, referring people for exercise. Uh, some of the hospitals now do have, uh, regular programs, a lot of physical therapy departments are starting oncology, physical therapy. So there's been a lot of change in the last uh, five to 10 years, but still not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and really the bottom line we want to uh, stress again to our listeners is we, we come alongside you where you are. And um, that's, that's our instructors. That's, that's us in general, but we come alongside you where you are and help you, as we always like to say, you know, move the ball down the field. And what, no matter what that looks like, it's modified, it's adapted, it's, you know, worked one-on-one -on -one with you. Um, it's, it's very, very easily done. And uh, really all it takes is you giving it a chance by coming to the center, calling to the center, being a part of a class, because Pam, what is it going to cost them? Nothing. Nothing. It's absolutely free. And that's the beauty because here's the thing. Just give us a little time, join a class. Carol hit on a thing a second ago too, just the social aspect of, of being in there um, with someone who's maybe been through the same cancer. You know, they're three years out. You're, you're just finishing treatment. It's a great person to kind of be around and, and pick their brain and, and, and inquire if you have questions. Uh, so yeah, that's the simple thing. Um, it's been just over and over, over, it's been repeated and replicated in scientific data that shows, as you said, Carol, reduction in fatigue, anxiety, stress, depression, increased quality of life. And that's why we have what we have. Right, right. And then by participating in programs uh, like the beautiful one you you offer, people can go there and feel like they can go and exercise maybe without the wig because it's really hot. You know, sometimes they exercise and they can feel comfortable uh, working with people who have similar goals, similar situations to theirs. And it's just so empowering. Exercise is something that they can do for themselves. And I think when they you know, the hardest thing is just to get started. And once you start and you just see how so many of these side effects decrease after participation, that itself becomes very motivating. Well, Carol, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. I hope our listeners have um, got something out of this. But Ron, before we get to our last segment, do you mind if I give our listeners homework? Go right ahead, Pam. I'm all for it. Okay. So she mentioned about word of mouth. If you've come to one of our exercise classes, 
I want you to encourage you to find someone that is going through treatment right now and encourage them to come to your favorite class um, and join in on all the fun that we have here at the Survivorship Center. Yeah, that's great homework, Pam. Um, you know, it's it's very important. Word of mouth is is key. And, and if you've been here and enjoyed it, share it. Jared, yeah. Right. So our last segment is Pete's um, powerful moment. We love to leave our listeners with a powerful moment. Can you share one with us, please? There, are, there actually are, are just so many. But just to add on to uh, what you um, mentioned, a little bit of a tie-in. I can't even uh, count how many people have participated in cancer exercise programs who never exercised before and they had to be dragged in by a friend kicking and, and screaming. And, uh, and some of them you know, actually started to like enjoy the, uh, the whole exercise thing. Some of them really never did, but they just said, you know, they just love being with the people that are there. They were having fun, um, making friends and, being able to talk to, to people who really understand uh, the situation that uh, that they were in. Um, but, you know, through the through the years, you know, so many people that I've worked with um, have come to me and after a surgery, not even be able to raise their arm or, you know, constant pain and discomfort, uh, not be able to take care of kids, not be able to go back to work because of still having discomfort from surgery, radiation, et cetera. And, um, you know, it just uh, really is what keeps me going when they say, you know, if it wasn't for participating in these exercise programs, I would not even be able to lift my children, my grandchildren, or, or go back to work. So, um, you know, it's uh, really a wonderful, a wonderful thing. And uh, I just hope, uh, you know, we can get more people to realize uh, how, how helpful it can be and give you a good quality of life. Yeah. Pam, it reminded me as Carol was talking, reminded me of uh, just a real quick story. When um, the first cancer exercise specialist we worked with, when she retired, and I asked those in the room at the at the at her going away, um, how many of you, you know, never ever ever walked or jogged a 5K until you had cancer and came and worked with with Shirley? And the hands went up. And it's like, I know you 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 ne- just as Carol said, never, never, never. And then they get involved and suddenly we're we're walking a 5K at you know one of the the cancer. Uh, fundraisers or those types of things. And so um, there is good that can come out of being a part of of a group. So Carol, thank you so much for imparting your knowledge with us and, and validating what we do, but more importantly, maybe just giving the encouragement to our cancer survivors listening to say, you know what, I do need to do something rather than being very sedentary and, and, and uh, down rather than that, just get up and get moving. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, what, one other thing I actually should, should mention that is, is very motivating for a lot of people. Um, sadly, with hormonal therapy for prostate cancer, and breast cancer, two very common cancers, um, is weight gain. And uh, 
you know, the, the exercise really helps to keep that under control. And it becomes like a vicious cycle because we know the correlation between obesity and cancer. And here's this hormonal therapy, um, which <laughs> helps uh, keep the cancer in check, but causes some weight gain. And, uh, you know, by participating in exercise, that will make keeping the weight uh, really helps keep it under control. So that's another really motivating factor for, for a lot of people. That's right. That's right. And lastly, for, for you guys just listening, it's super simple to get involved in our classes. Sometimes we hear, how do I get involved and what does it take and what do I need to do? All you need to do, if you know, when, if you're looking at our calendar that's online or you get it via email, um, just show up. You know, it's super simple. Um, you can call and, and, and RSVP for an exercise class, but we don't require that. Just but just show up. That's all it takes um, is just being there. Uh, come on. There's there's no card to prove that you've had cancer. If you're telling us you've had cancer, we're going to believe you. And we're going to know you. No one wants to make that up. So uh, unfortunately, you, you belong to our, our club. And so uh, we want to make sure that you feel welcome and uh, get plugged in. So that's the super simple thing to do. Take heart of Pam's homework. Let someone else know your favorite class and bring them. Those that are going through treatment, bring them to class, bring them in and, and share with them uh, how important the class is. And then join us next week for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.